delve into it. First thing I wanted to know, uh, I believe one of the questions was during this or in this is how do I, first of all, know? I think that one of the questions was that I am saved. And that is a very significant question because sometimes people really just don't know. But to answer that firstly and very succinctly, and we'll get to the scriptures here in a few moments, the very first and most important thing that you know or that you experience being saved is you feel a spirit of freedom. When you're saved, God sets you free. You are no longer bound by anything. And one of the greatest things I've experienced when I became saved is just like, wait a minute. I feel liberated. It says in the book, in the book of Corinthians, God is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I felt free, not free in me, but free in Christ. That there's a big difference. You cannot be free in you because the Bible says in Romans, the seventh chapter, there is no good thing in the flesh. So you experience a freeing, a liberation that's only given by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And the Bible says right here, for as many as are led by the spirit of the sons of God, they're the sons of God. You have not received. I'm reading. You can write this down. Those that are listening. Romans, the eighth chapter, verses 14 and 15, because we have to answer the question. How do I know that I'm saved? First lady got a phone out. Amen. We thank God for we love you, too, sweetie. (laughs) We first of all. You have to understand there's liberation. You cannot continually be bound and profess that you're free. When we do that, when we do that, we're really not understanding that God, Jesus came to do what? To deliver us. He didn't come for you to stay bound, but he came to deliver you and to set you free. So that's the first thing. Salvation, it frees you and it frees you only in Christ. You're not free to do whatever you want to do because the Bible says in the books of Romans and the books of Corinthians, shall I continue in sin that grace may abound? Absolutely not. So you're not free to do what you want to do, but you're free in Christ. And it's it's an experience. It's a feeling that you cannot duplicate any other way. But this is the thing that I wanted to bring to your attention in in the book of John, the third chapter. We're going to talk about this salvation tonight. And I believe the question, go ahead. The question that she was talking about is salvation. And I want you to, I want to show you what Nicodemus and Jesus and how Jesus really was clear to Nicodemus about salvation. First of all, he says to Nicodemus in verse number five, third chapter of John, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of the water. And of the spirit, he cannot enter, what does it say, into the kingdom of God until you're born of the water and the spirit. New birth requires a spirit birth, not just a speaking. Speaking is a part of it, but it's a spirit birth. 
Now, he says that which is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. Flesh. What do you mean? 13 works of the flesh, anger, lasciviousness, all of those things, malice, those are fleshly actions, impatience, I'm ready to go, I'm tired of this, let's do this, that's a fleshly thing. But this is the key, this is the thing that I wanted you to see. He says, salvation in verse number eight is as the wind. So you cannot see it, but you have to know it. Let me adjust this, Mike. You have to know it is something that you experience. Now, when you truly say you know within yourself that there has been a change with inside of you. Why? Look at Romans eighth chapter, because we can get to this. I want you to you guys to turn to this as well. You you will hear hear pages rattling, but that's thank God for the pages, because without the pages we wouldn't be where we are. That's the pages of the Bible. Yes, yes, the word of God. Word of God. Romans eighth chapter, verse sixteen. Because someone might want to know, how do I know I'm saved? Verse number eight, uh, 16 of the 8th chapter. I'm going to read 15 and 16. For you haven't received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of, what does it say in 15? Adoption. Now I'm saved. I got a new family. My family is not the same anymore. I've been adopted into another family. Because I'm in another family, I got new parents. New brothers, new sisters. But it says in verse 16, this is the clearest part of the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. Look at that in 16. The big S mm-hmm. <laughs> beareth witness with the little S. Yes. All of us have a little S. Yes. And when you got the big S on the inside, the big S speaks to the little S and say, hey, uh, I'm, I'm here. You're not the same anymore. It beareth witness. It stands to confirm the thing that God has already done within you. When your mind changed and you opened your heart to allow the spirit of God on the inside, it beareth witness with your spirit and you won't doubt with not one moment that you are what God says you are because the big S bears witness with a little S. But if there's no bearing witness and there's no understanding, that means you need to continue where you are. What does that mean? Continue where I am. Continue to seek God. Continue to go to church. Continue to seek him praying and fasting and meditating on the word of God until the big S bears witness with a little S. That's right. And you know within yourself I don't know about y'all, because can I testify? Y'all got time for a testimony? I know I've been changed. Because the places, the things, the people, the habits, the money I used to spend, I don't even spend that kind of money anymore. Because God did something on the inside. I can't explain it. But I can tell you what the word said. He put a hook in me. That's what somebody told me when I was little. God put a hook in me and I can't get away. (laughs) Y'all heard that before, hadn't y'all? It bears witness with me. Mm -hmm. I think, what was the second question? So you were saying, okay, 
back to what you were saying about being saved. Okay, so when you're saved, the first thing you said that you're free, right? You experience a freedom, liberation. Mm-hmm. Okay, then after the freedom, there should be a deliverance? Should be. No, the freedom and the deliverance come at once. Okay, okay. So you can't say I'm free and I haven't been delivered okay. because you're still bound. Okay. So when you're free, when I let, when I, if I take this key off right here, the key knows it's off when it's off. Yes. Because it has been released. From the ring. You will be released totally from the cares of the world, from the things that will bound you or bind you. Your handcuffs are taken off when you're totally free. And a lot of times what happens is people will walk around carrying things and say, I'm saved, I'm saved. And you really hadn't been free from it. When God frees you, you don't have to walk around with your head hung down low. Saying the devil got me, the devil got looking down and depressed and dejected. God set you free. He died on the cross for me to be free. And I refuse to walk around allowing the enemy to hold me or to hinder me. Is that is that part of the question yes, that you ask? Any 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 additional things that we want to talk about about this question? No, I just wanted to make sure that our listeners are getting a clear understanding. Good job, of you're doing an awesome evangelist. What it, what it is to me, what it means to be saved. To be saved, and, and see that. You, what are the steps? That's the thing. All right, here it is. First thing, first step. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but. In accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there must be, there has to be contrition. There must be godly sorrow. If there is not godly sorrow, then you're just repeating words. You have to be godly sorrowful in order for God to be made manifest in you. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians, the 7th chapter. Because a lot of times people just up there talking and repeating words, repeat after me, and you're not sorrowful. Now, when I say confess, I'm sure you guys want to make sure for all of the new converts to beginning saints. When I say confess, you're confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. Does everybody understand that? Although all those listens, that's that's yes. the key thing. You're confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. But look at Second Corinthians, the seventh chapter second corinthians the seventh chapter because we got to get this clear crystal clear to every saint on the planet 10th verse verse number 10 verse 10 the apostle paul says for godly sorrow worketh here it is there's that word again the sorrow the forgiveness, the tears that you're feeling, it worketh repentance to, what does it say? Salvation. Salvation. It worketh the sorrow that you're experiencing when you come to the altar with tears running down. It's working in you to bring you to salvation. And it can only come through repentance. Yes. Everyone that Jesus did miracles that he had an encounter with. He wanted to bring them to a point of contrition or sorrow. And if you're not to a point of sorrow, then you don't realize what Christ did for you. 
Because when I realized what he did for me, I said, oh, my God, I can't worship anybody. This man died on the cross for me. I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me for what I did because you gave the ultimate sacrifice. You died for me. Godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. You have to be sorrow for your actions. You have to ask God to forgive you for your actions. And once you've forgiven for your actions, you cannot go back the same way and do the same things. Because you've had a new mind, a fresh mind, a new start, a new beginning. You're a new creature. If any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. Because what made you new? I was godly sorrowful. My mind changed. I asked God to forgive me. And I ain't going back that way anymore. That's right. It's not that the devil, amen, is forcing you. You go back voluntarily. But when your mind is made up, you ain't going back. And it's, it's important that, um, Pastor, you said your mind has to be made up. It has to be made up. When you become saved, you receive salvation. It's not that the enemy is not going to bring that those things back to you he's going to try to tempt you that's his job mm-hmm. but it's up to you to make it within your mind that listen i'm living for christ now i will not i'm not the same person and you have to resist like the word said you resist the enemy he will flee the key is that you got to do something a mm-hmm. lot of times we want we want to make you we're asking god to make us do right no you got to have a well-made up mind and determination that you want to do what's right so you have to tell the Satan, nope, I'm, I'm not the same person. I will not do this. I live for Christ now. Resist him, and he will flee. The word does not lie. Hey, Amen. So here are the steps. You confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You come to a point of contrition or godly sorrow. You ask him to forgive you. You, you are godly sorrow. It brings you to repentance, and now you're there at salvation. Yes. Now you're saved. Now, what should I do, Pastor, now that I am saved, now that I am different? Every action, every reaction, everything that's not of God, the first Mm -hmm. thing you need to do is to stop everything that is not godly in your life. Every habit, every action, every place, every even more specific, every person. Because you cannot go the places of the enemy and worship God as well. Unless you're going there in the capacity to minister to those that are uh, in the world. But I'm saved now. I'm changed. My mind has changed. My habits have changed. Everything has changed. Now you're going to have to get into the word of God. Now this is what I do. I have a daily meditation, daily scriptures. Every morning I get up, I pray, I read scriptures, I meditate on the word of God. I continue giving God all of me. Now what I do personally, and I would highly recommend this to everyone that's listening, give God one tenth of your day. 24 hours in a day, give him 2.4 hours. Whether that's through studying, whether that's through meditation, whether that's through uh, seeking him, reading his word, whatever it is, I give him a tenth of my day and I don't allow the enemy to have dominion over me because I'm a new creature. Now you're going to have to constantly get into a Bible based church. What do you mean Bible-based church? A church that's teaching the sincere word of God. What do you mean by that, Pastor? There's one thing that we must understand about the necessities of a true church. And I'm saying this with all confidence. A true church has to preach on sin. 
That's true. If they're not preaching on sin, you're in a motivational church. Any true, you can go through 66 books of the Bible. They all preached on sin. They all preach on the love of God. They all repeat on repentance. They all repeat, will preach on the miracle working power of God, the healing virtue of God. They all repeat on the blessed hope, which is you can go to heaven. All of those things have to be preached. If you don't hear a, a definite declaration of sin, you're in the wrong place. But how can I say I'm a carrier of the word of God and not tell you the things that God doesn't like? That's right. That's right. That's true. Amen. So true. Uh, you know, and, and that's one of my pet peeves is that you watch TV and you see church and you see all of the television and they never say Jesus and they never call out a sin. That means their message is not. This is another word that I read a lot. It's not salvific. Salvific, vific, S-A-L-V-I-F-I-C, messages coming from God should be salvific. It should bring you to a point of godly sorrow. It should bring you to a point of repentance. It should recognize or let you recognize what you're doing is wrong. Yes. If it doesn't, then you can't be saved because you don't know what's right and what's wrong. Yes. Jesus. Yes. You're just being motivated. Yes. And after a couple of days, the motivation has worn off. But when you get a change in you, that's from the inside out, not from the outside in. We have whole denominational churches trying to soothe the natural man. And if you look for a church that's, I don't look for a church that's comfortable. I look for a church that's going to tell me what I need to do right to get to heaven. I'm not looking for somebody to make me feel good. I want to get to heaven. We ain't only going to be down here 70 years, 80 by reasonable measure. And I need to get to heaven. I need somebody to tell me what I'm doing is wrong. And when I know what's wrong, then I can get it right. That's right. And I can be like the thief on the cross saying, Lord, when you enter into your father's kingdom, remember me. That's right. The other man saying, if you God did, get us both down, flesh. <laughs> <laughs> but the other one said, we wrong. He just admitted, Lord, we wrong. That's right. He said, I know we deserve what we did. But when you get there, remember, and God said, this day, that's the fastest trip to heaven. He ain't had to wait for the chariot like Elijah. He ain't had to get carried away like Moses. He went straight. He skipped jail. (laughs) Went straight through Monopoly and right to heaven. I said, Lord Jesus. But you have to experience the really contrition and the change in your heart and your mind. So let's run through this real quickly. You have to confess with your mouth, Romans 10 and 9. Believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. The next scripture is 2 Corinthians, the 7th chapter, verse number 1. There must be godly sorrow. There must be a change. You can write down Romans 12 and 2. You have to change. You have to look for salvific message. You have to look for a place that's going to tell you what's right and wrong. Don't look for somebody to be your friend. You can't be, I can't be your friend in the pulpit. You don't need a pastor that's your friend in the pulpit. You know, you need someone to tell you what's right. And when you get into a Bible-based church that's teaching you the true word of God, and I'm not saying that I don't want any critics to come out and say, well, we be preaching the false. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying truly men of God in the word of God said you have to repent. And you can go from the book of Acts all the way throughout the Bible. They said you have to repent 
from your sins. Turn. And when you do that, as you continue to seek God's faith and strive for perfection, we're going to hear him say, well done. That's what I want to hear him say is well done. Thy good. I know I'm out of time and faithful servant, but God is good. I hope that that answer all the questions. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited about it. So we thank God. I thank First Lady as our host for the day. Thank you for being a host, First Lady. So Um, glad. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. Even though you didn't say it, I, I, I felt like what you were saying was it has to be a lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. It can't just be that you're confessing it, but you also have to pray every day. Exactly. You have to get in the word and your life has to line up with that word. Has to be a change. Has to be a change. And and see, we in Rehoboth, we go through a lot of this as far as teaching and trying to tell. Listen, saying is one thing, but doing is another. You can say it, and if I do a poll every Sunday and say, who all love Jesus, everybody's hands are going to go up. Mm-hmm. But Actions. unfortunately, everybody in there is not living the life that Jesus requires. Jesus said, quite simply, in the 13th chapter of the book of St. John, if you love me, keep, keep, keep what does it mean, keep? Honor, That's right. obey, do, mm-hmm. actions. That's right. That's what really says that you love God mm-hmm. is that you keep his commandments. Amen. Amen. Thank you for this wonderful episode of Rehoboth Fireside Chat. And we thank each and every one of our guests for being out with us on today. And we thank our pastor for that wonderful word on today and have a blessed blessed and wonderful night we love you god bless you god bless. Oh. God bless. good night for your to come to pass somebody say rehoboth god has made room